This is Trice Talk Minipod for a Wednesday night, August the 18th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. Minipod, that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, a mini version, if you will, of our regular show where I limit the subjects and the time for the show itself. Well, sometimes I do. As you know, if you've listened, sometimes I go longer than others. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of Minipod. All right. Tonight, even though there's so much I would like to say about that awful mess Biden and his so-called advisors have created in Afghanistan, but but I will save that for tomorrow night's live show with my co-host, Dennis Lee. So tonight I want to share a couple of articles and and even an audio um, about, about Kamala Harris. I mean, really, uh, a lot of people are saying, like, where's Waldo? Where's Kamala Harris? Because uh, even though she took credit uh, for helping Joe Biden make his decision about Afghanistan when that decision was made, uh, she's been silent since everything's been falling apart, since all of the negativity has been in the news. Where is Kamala Harris? Well, the article that I'm going to do tonight may help you out with that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but of course, anytime you say anything bad about Kamala Harris, right? And, and you happen to be white and a male. And a conservative, oh boy, that's icing on the cake there. Then you will be dismissed as being a racist, white supremacist, woman-hating right-winger. Did I get all that in there? I guess the only thing I could have added to that was Trump supporter, but nah, I didn't need I didn't need any more on top of that. That's that's enough on its own. But other than Kamala being the first woman and woman of color, as many people are quick to point out, how else does she stand out? The very first thing that comes to my mind is, (laughs) is her laugh. I mean, which is just about as awful 
to me, is Hillary Clinton's cackle. I mean, how is it that the first two prominent women that we've had in, in a number of years to run for such high offices had such a grating laugh, you know? I mean, come on. I mean, that's other than that, what has Kamala done? Name something. And I'm going to play a part of an interview, uh, 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 kind of a man on the street, if you will, interview. Although I guess we're not supposed to use the term man on the street anymore, person on the street. And, and that will ask the same question. What has Kamala Harris done? Of course, Democrats want to make like this is the first woman VP thing, you know, in history. Well, true. She is the first woman VP to be elected in history. But I guess they don't really remember that Republicans tried to be the first when John McCain ran for president if you remember that a few years ago against Barack Obama and he picked Sarah Palin, the governor of Alaska to be on the ticket with him. But since Sarah Palin was a Republican, they savaged her in the press. They love to point out all of her little idiosyncrasies, the, you know, the way she talked, where she's from, the fact that she'd like to go hunting. Uh, of course, then they started picking on issues with her family. But they savaged her. Instead of being excited that there was a woman running for such a high office, they treated her like crap. But you let Kamala Harris run on a ticket, and nothing about is such a wonderful thing. So is it is it the fact that because Kamala Harris is black and a woman that made her so much more special than Sarah Palin, even though Sarah Palin would have been the first woman vice president or could have been in history. But actually the Democrats had a, a VP candidate earlier than that. So they actually beat the Republicans to it. And that was back in 1984 when Ger uh, Geraldo, <laughs> I'm thinking of Geraldo Rivera, when Geraldine Ferraro was Walter Mondale's running mate. Of course, 1984, maybe a lot of you who are listening to this podcast have no recollection of what happened in 1984. But Geraldine Ferraro was the first woman VP candidate um, in a number of years. Now, actually, to confirm that, I found an article that lists a ton of women who have actually not only run for vice president, but they've also run for president even further back than uh, I ever was aware of. Um I mean, there's been a slew of women that had run for president in this country since since the late 1800s. I did not know that. And there was actually the first black woman, woman of color, if you will, 
that ran for president was a woman named Charlene Alexander Mitchell. And that was way back in 1968. So she must've been running against, um, um, <laughs> Richard Nixon. Sorry. Had a moment there. Um, she actually qualified for the ballot in only two States, but Hey, in 1968, a woman running for president and she was black and get this, <laughs> she was the nominee of the communist party USA. So a lot of times when we talk about these and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm getting away from the, the point of this, uh, podcast tonight, but I just, I think it's important to bring this up right now that we've dealt with communist uh, ideas and philosophies in this country for years. And a lot of times people like to act like, well, it's only been in the last few years that people have been pushing this crap. Well, no, they've been pushing it for years and years and years. I think even in that article that I read, um, I think it was on Wikipedia, there were some even back uh, earlier than that that ran as part of socialist parties and communist parties. So my point is, yes, Kamala made history by winning her job on the coattails of Joe Biden, right? And we all know when she was uh, in the primary in 2020, she couldn't garner enough support to actually make it as a presidential candidate. She had to drop out because there just wasn't a support there. But it's, I think it's important when we want to point at Kamala for actually making it. I think it's important that we, that people understand and young people today understand that women, uh, there have been other attempts to put women on tickets and, uh, for vice president and even president. So I doubt seriously if they teach that in school. But anyway, I digress. So my article tonight is from Mike Huckabee's evening edition for August the 18th, and it's simply titled Rating Kamala Harris. Okay, let me pull up the article. And I always love it when I have to use stuff on the screen here because I have to deal with the pop-ups. Okay. Rating Kamala Harris by Mike Huckabee. Vice President Kamala Harris has a pretty dismal approval, approval rating, but she's still popular on America's college campuses where voting young people who don't know any better get spoofed or spoon, I'm spoofed, uh, spoon fed daily doses of leftist indoctrination that can't hold up to facts or logic to prove it. A group called campus reform took its camera to Georgetown university to ask students opinions on Harris. Um, now I'm, I'm going to play this. Uh, I've done some things with campus reform before, and I think it's, it gives us a really good look into uh, it is a conservative leaning group, of course, but um, 
it does a pretty good job of going out there and finding people to talk to on campuses about social issues, political issues, and so forth. So I would encourage you to um, look up the campus reform uh, site and uh, follow them. And, and they supposedly posted a lot of videos on YouTube. So you may find some interesting there. I generally don't have time to look at everybody's work on these things, but um, that's something you may be interested in. So let me pull this up on my phone. I had to put these things on my phone, unfortunately, for now. And uh, this is uh, Ophelia Ophelia Jacobson, because uh, I don't know that you can understand her when she says her name when she starts uh, talking. But let me get this clicked in here. And hang on. Bear with me for a second. It takes a minute, one, <laughs> to get the volume set. If you uh, listened to last night's show when I was trying to set the closing song, <laughs> uh, I'd had it turned up, the volume turned up so high because of an article that I, or uh, an audio that I was playing. And then I forgot to turn it down before I played the closing song last night and about busted Dennis Lee and my eardrums last night. So see if I get this correct level. All right. This is uh, from Campus Reform. Ophelia Jacobson asking people on the campus what they think about Kamala Harris. Hi, I'm Ophelia Jacobson with Campus Reform. A recent poll came out that shows that 48% of Americans disapprove of the job that Kamala Harris is doing in office right now. We're here in Georgetown today to talk with students about Kamala Harris. Do they approve of the job she's doing? And if yes, can they name any specific accomplishments or policies that they're especially proud of? Let's find out. I want to get your thoughts on our Vice President Kamala Harris. What do you think of her? Is she doing a good job in office? Uh, yeah, I think so. I uh, really like her. I think uh, it's very... Um, inspiring to see our first, you know, woman vice president. I do love having a woman, person of color, democratic leader in that position. Um, and I think she's a great representation. I feel like definitely it's amazing to have a woman vice president and we're making great headway with that. And she's a definite girl boss. I think she's doing great. History on crime, I disagree with, but she seems to be reforming that opinion, at least to some degree. I think that she's never really been dedicated to caring about the communities she's a part of. Promotes incarceration, promotes policing, is more dedicated to upholding um, a carceral state than taking it down. So you think we should take down the prison system? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think she's doing a pretty, pretty solid job. I really do agree with a lot of the policies she's been putting out, and I think she's a great vice president. What policies specifically do you agree with? <laughs> Can you tell me some? Maybe I don't, maybe I don't know what her policies are. Maybe you can just cut that part out. Can you name any specific accomplishments that you're super proud of? 
Um, besides her being the first on so many different forums, that would be my first thing. Off the top of my head, I can't think of many of them. No, and that's exactly what I mean. That's probably shamefully my party my party partisanship showing through to some degree i can't really to be totally honest what i really like is that she does kind of give the nation a positive face being the first woman president <laughs> no honestly i don't really keep up with politics on social media i've seen that she does great posts so yeah can you name any specific accomplishments that she's had since she's taken office um no not any specific ones particularly no <laughs> so what do you like about her uh just I think she's uh, doing a good job. What specifically do you like about her? I think she has a... Hmm. How do you think she's handling the border? Uh, I have no clue on that. <laughs> not well. I think that we need complete reform at the border, and that's not happening from her, which is surprising. From what I have heard, the conditions there at the border are not the best. She needs to like control the border, yeah? I say let them cross the border, <laughs> but that's just me. Well, with that one, I would definitely say that she should be monitoring monitoring that, uh, monitoring that, it a little bit more closely. I want to get your reaction to a few statistics that came out. 48% of Americans say they disapprove of the job that Kamala Harris is doing in office, and that's the lowest rating of a vice president since the 1970s. What's your reaction to this? My first thought is I wonder, it's interesting that the first kind of woman in person of color is getting that the low ratings as opposed to all the the white men that have i haven't loved in the past i mean again she's a woman and of color so it's like probably a little bit of a skew i'm not super surprised about that um knowing the racism and you know misogyny in this country that is very prevalent still today i think they're probably targeting her because they hey women it's possibly the way that her party has been selling her alongside the social issues uh they've been selling her on alongside intersectional lines when in reality they should be selling her based off of her policy and herself as a politician i wouldn't doubt that there are a lot of people who disapprove of that or just disapprove of her because of frustration with how she's been sold so far <laughs> because of how she's been sold gee i don't know that that's a proper phrasing for that but you know folks she's her own salesman she's her own worst enemy I mean, one of them alluded to the fact about her personality. I, I love the girl. Uh, you really need to. I'm going to post this um, on Facebook after the show. And you really need to watch it because it helps. I know playing the auto, that's the only thing I can do for you here. But it helps to look at these people's faces when they get asked these questions. And this girl that uh going back to the one where she said um uh the girl said something about i you know i i like her policies and so then ophelia questioned her well what policies can you tell me that you what policies do you like and to curl just the expression on her face is like oh my gosh i can't believe you asked me that 
And she says, can you tell me some? I, I don't really know that part. Can you cut this part out? <laughs> so um, another one who said uh, she does great post. Good Lord, is that what college age kids? I mean, not all of them, obviously. This is a sampling. Is this, is, could that even enter the mind of somebody? I mean, they hated Donald Trump's tweeting, but yet they like Kamala Harris's posts. I mean, if you don't know what she's doing, folks, how can you say she's doing a good job? Uh, it goes back to, and there was somebody who said, well, it's not surprising she gets the negative press because of how rampant and I'm, I'm expanding on this a little bit, how rampant racism is in this country. So the fact that she's doing a lousy job, she's not a good VP, is because of racism. People are uh, prejudiced against her because of her race and the fact that she's a woman. It has nothing to do with the fact that she hasn't done anything. And, and at very best, she gets on there and cackles on her interviews and thinks everything is funny. That's what they think about. She does great posts. Uh, can you tell me some of her policies? I think she's doing, I, I, I like her policies. What policies? And, and the, the disturbing thing and the actual irritating thing is these people are of voting age in most cases. These people can go out there and vote. And if that person goes to the voting booth, if, if they even make it down there, and they pull a lever for this person because they like their posts or they like their policies that they haven't got a freaking clue what the policies are. These people are voting. These are the people that Democrats want to vote. Yes, they do have a right to vote. If they're 18 years of age or older, they have a right to vote. But good Lord, people, educate yourself about real issues. Uh, only one or two of the people said anything somewhat negative, um, you know, and, and one of them was about the border. And then, then the girl uh, jumped in there and says, well, I think they sh should all come across the border. Well, there you go. Just tell us what, what area, what town you live in, what neighborhood, and we will make sure that you get some of those people living next to you that you want to just come across the border. So it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and it's great that you have an organization like this that's going out there and trying to expose this. Now, other people have done it as well. I think Jesse Waters did this um, uh, several years ago when he when he first started doing reporting for, for Fox. I mean, he was the guy that would go out on the street and ask people questions. And then when he had Waters World, uh, you know, he does some similar stuff there. Or actually, I think he has somebody to do it for him now. But... These people are voting or have the potential to vote or have the right to vote, and they don't have a clue what people are about in this country. They go by social media, and if somebody says this person's bad, 
then especially if they're a Republican, then they tend to believe it. I mean, what have we done or what have we not done in this country that we have a new generation of up-and-coming voters with these kinds of opinions? And you know the scary part? And again, I'm digressing a little bit from my main purpose tonight. I'll have to speed it up here a little bit. But in that in that voting rights bill or for America bill or whatever the hell that thing was named that that uh, uh, the House and the Senate were trying to cram into as part of the uh, the uh, infrastructure bill, the second half, Part B was one of the things they wanted was they wanted to give 16-year-olds the right to vote in this country, people. So if we got a problem with college-age kids, and again, I know this isn't a representation of all of them across the country, okay? So don't let anybody jump on me about that. But (laughs) what do you think you're going to get out of 16-year-olds, especially considering you know, the CRT and all the crap that, that they're being spoon-fed in our education system in this country. All these socialist ideas. Um, it's scary. It's absolutely scary. All right, so let me go back to Huckabee's comments. So he says this after, you know, because he refer- he gives a link to the article, which I just, uh, or the audio, which I just played for you. It's an article and an audio, I guess, if you will. And he says, not surprisingly, they gushed about how amazing it is to have a woman of color as vice president. They were asked if they approved of her achievements and the policies she champions. Oh, yes, those are great, too. Then came the kill shot. Could you please name a few of her policies you agree with and her achievements you approve of? No one could answer that question. And of course, the famous one is the girl there. Can we cut that part? <laughs> could we cut that part out? No, they couldn't name a single achievement. So it's all about personality. It's all about perception. It's all about her being a woman. Which I, you know, I I don't have a problem with that part. I don't even have a problem with the part, the fact that it's a first woman and she's a woman of color to get elected to the second highest office in the country. The problem is the character of the person that we're talking about. The problem is the lack of any substance to the person we're talking about. The problem is we're talking about a person that failed miserably as a presidential candidate, couldn't even get uh, uh, majority support in her own state, people. And this is the person you think should have been on the ticket. (laughs) Harris certainly won't be able to cite good timing as one of her accomplishments since she's already taking flack for her plans to go ahead with a scheduled Asia trip that will include a stop in <laughs> Deja Vu, Vietnam. Why in the hell are we sending her over there? 
But in her defense, and I mean this sincerely, Harris may have one accomplishment to point to, and that's her refusal to let Biden throw her under the bus on Afghanistan. There were stories that she was involved in the botched pullout planning, and she was reportedly being set up to give a press conference on Afghanistan on Sunday while Biden was still hiding out at Camp David. That never happened. And an inside White House source told Becker News that Harris was overheard yelling, (laughs) and I did this last night, this will not, (laughs) they will not pin this bleep on me. Basically, she said, they will not pin this shit on me. Other liberals from Nancy Pelosi to Stephen Colbert, who obscenely tried to concoct a moral equivalency by comparing the handful of unarmed jerks in the Capitol on January the 6th to the Taliban. They are twisting themselves into pretzels and setting fire to their own reputations, trying to paper over Biden's tragic incompetence. But if Harris really had nothing to do with uh, his Afghanistan debacle, and she had the spine to refuse to take the blame and save Biden from responsibility for his own actions, then that's something I can actually respect. So says Mike Huckabee. Uh, yeah, and I did that. Uh, you will not pin this crap on me last night uh, uh, with Dennis Lee when we did our Tuesday night. So if you want to, if you have not heard that you, yet, you can go back and catch that. Uh, let's see if there's anything here. There was one other link other than that one. Um. This is from Fox News. It says Kamala Harris plans a Vietnam visit just as just as Afghanistan draws comparisons to the fall of Saigon. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty poorly timed visit, uh, knowing what was. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, this commercial interlude was brought to you by. Tulse. That's one of the pop-ups. <laughs> Bless his heart. All right. So the timing, uh, let's see who did this article. Dom Caliccio from Fox News. The timing probably couldn't be worse for the Biden administration. On Friday, Vice President Kamala Harris is scheduled to embark on a trip across the Pacific that will include a stop in Vietnam. The trip, which will be Harris's second outside the U.S. since taking office, comes as the current crisis in Afghanistan has drawn many comparisons to the end of U.S. involvement in Vietnam in the 1970s. This week's scenes of crowds gathering at Kabul's airport and U.S. military helicopters arriving to pick up passengers at the U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan's capital revived grim memories of desperate Vietnamese people trying to board U.S. helicopters as they left the embassy in Saigon more than four decades ago. The Vietnam War was among the most divisive periods in American history, with the long conflict factoring into Democrat President Lyndon Johnson's decision not to seek re-election in 1968. The prospect of Harris is visiting Vietnam at this particular moment raised the possibility of the 
worst photo op for an American in that country since Jane Fonda donned a helmet there in 1972. Yes, that was uh, where she posed. Uh, I see, it looks, uh, looking through a scope of an anti-aircraft gun during a tour of the North Vietnamese capital in 1972. Yes, the North Vietnamese loved Jane Fonda. She had a hard time uh, with that after she came back to the United States. Uh, that was probably not one of her better moves, but she probably thought all the hippies would support her and it would be okay. Anyway, as of Monday, Harris had no plans to cancel her trip. The Washington Post reported the Afghanistan crisis prompted President Biden to shorten his Camp David vacation. He returned to the White House on Tuesday night instead of Wednesday, as he had planned. In April, Harris told CNN that she was the last person in the room when Biden decided to pull the U.S. troops from Afghanistan. All right, so let's skip on down that because that we've covered. When Harris arrives in Vietnam next Tuesday after a stop in Singapore over the weekend, she will be the most senior Biden administration official to travel to Southeast Asia as the U.S. looks to support its allies in the region as they deal with China's close proximity. Good luck there with uh, and. <laughs> And instilling some, uh, uh, making them feel comfortable that the United States is going to have their back in case China decides to get frisky. She's got a great grasp on the issues, and her trip will no doubt help to advance our interest in this vital region, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said this week in a statement to the Washington Post. Defense Secretary Austin. Ahead uh, of Harris's planned visit, Austin and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken recently traveled to Japan and South Korea, while Austin also visited Singapore, Vietnam, and the Philippines, according to the Post. William Danvers, an adjunct professor at George Washington University, claimed in an essay for The Hill this week that Harris's experience as a former U.S. Senator from California means she understands the importance of ties, especially economic ties between Asia and the U.S. In July, Harris's spokeswoman, Simone Sanders, said that the vice president will discuss with Asian leaders details about regional security, the coronavirus pandemic, climate change, and our joint effort to promote a rules-based international order a reference to regional disputes over China's claim in the South China Sea. Uh, so then it goes on to talk about her trip to Guatemala in uh, June. So anyway, yeah, that's really going to be a fantastic photo op as things continue to deteriorate in Afghanistan uh, and don't think that reporters, especially conservative reporters, will not take advantage of that photo op. All right. Uh, uh, there's uh, 
there's one little tweet in here. Uh, I don't, I re, seem like I remember this. It says Kamala Harris insults the South Korean president moon Jai in by wiping her hand off after shaking his hand. That was, uh, gee, I don't remember when that was. It doesn't, oh, it says, it says May 22nd, 2021 when this was posted. So yeah, she's going to be, they're going to love her over there. I'm sure. All right, so that's all I've got to talk about Kamala Harris tonight. Um, You know, it's amazing. Again, just about any story that we can do when we talk about a Democrat on Tri's Talk, we know that they're hypocritical because if a Republican did any of the things that the Democrats have been doing, especially in the last seven months, that they would be just put over the fire. Because Republicans aren't allowed to do the same things that Democrats are allowed to do. especially Donald Trump. All right. Uh, Let me see. Move down to here. I want to thank you for listening and downloading this episode tonight. If you like this or any of the Trash Talk family podcasts, which is Trash Talk and Mini Pods, please be sure to follow us on whatever medium you choose to listen to the episodes. Um. I'll be back tomorrow night with uh, Dennis Lee for another episode of Trice Talk Thursday night. And remember that the Thursday night episodes are live. And uh, I guess (laughs) we're going to probably continue doing those live episodes for a while. We may expand and do some more because if you're new to the Trice Talk series, mini pod series we used to do all of the trice talks live uh we were up to doing four live episodes a week and um just because of work conflicts we had to cut back a little bit um to only three nights and now we only do one live show but hopefully towards the holidays holidays whatever that is the holidays we will uh we may possibly go back to doing more than one live show a week. Anyway, I hope that you will join us again soon tomorrow night. Uh, hopefully we'll be w- announcing a winner for our Twitter boost, our Twitter contest. Um, and, uh, we'll start a week two of the Twitter contest, which we're giving away, um, a copy of, uh, the book, by um, Mark Levin, uh, American Communism. I had to check my note here. I, I kept wanting to call it American. I'm, it's not American Communism. It's American Socialism. That's that's what I keep trying to call it, American Communism, but it's American Socialism. So we'll be giving away a copy of that book to the winner of our Boost Our Twitter contest. And we'll have four copies of those to give away. So 
please join us tomorrow night if you're interested. And uh, if you want to check on how to enter the contest, we'll tell you tomorrow night. But if you want to know ahead of time, go back to last Thursday's episode, um, I think, which is the 12th, August the 12th episode. You can get all the details on how to enter the contest. Until then, keep your eyes open, your mind sharp. You're going to need it, everybody. Stay safe.